Hi, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Dan Zhang with Subversity here on KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine. Uh, the opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those of the regents of the University of California, nor the management of KUCI. Uh, today we're going to look back at um, a tumultuous time in Hong Kong history um, when both people were arriving, uh, there was an influx of uh, Vietnamese refugees from the f- since the fall of Vietnam, and um, they were arriving uh, by uh, in many boats, many types of boats, and landing in Hong Kong. And with us is a scholar who has looked at especially the artwork that uh, emanated from the refugee camps that where the, many of the refugees were detained in in Hong Kong. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Sophia. Hi, hi, Dan. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you're, you're here doing research uh, in our uh, UCI libraries, but also going to give some talks uh, about this. But how did you get involved in this topic? Oh, actually, uh, there's a story behind. Uh, uh, in 2007, I went to interview um, a local artist in Hong Kong who is the director of Art in Hospital. Because one of my research uh, interests is art as healing. And that's why I interview her for, you know, all those uh, art uh, in healthcare setting in Hong Kong. Mm. And then at the end of the interview, when I'm about to leave her studio, the director, Evelina Leung, told me that uh, she has uh, 800 images done by the Vietnamese boat people 20 years ago. And this 800 pieces of artwork has been sitting there in her studio for over 20 years. And it, they are, the conditions are getting deteriorating. And unfortunately, uh, she tried, she knocked on every door hmm. of the museum in Hong Kong, and no one is interested in, to host it. Wow. <laughs> it's sad. And finally, she, fi- she has found a home, a permanent home, uh, is the Social Institutes of, uh, uh, the Institutes of Social History in Amsterdam. Right. So she told me that these 800 images are leaving, was leaving soon, okay? And then I was so sad, and I think that uh, we should do something before we let the whole lot things go. Ah. Yeah. So I just uh, organized an exhibition to select uh, 200 pieces, yeah, and hold an exhibition called CARE, what we call the uh, Vietnamese um, uh, Community Art Re-Encountered. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And, and this then, was in 2008 at your university at Lingnan. Yeah, in ah. April. Ah. And the result uh, is quite rewarding because uh, the images, most of the images actually are self-explanatory. The images are very, very explosive. And many people, after seeing those um, images, have a lot of um, remembrance about the Vietnamese boat people in Hong Kong. And that's where I started my research to looking into the history. Because I think this page of history, history has been forgotten for a long, long time yeah. in Hong Kong. So that's how I start. So th- you were... Um you're interested in healing because you actually were a nurse before, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you end, ended up in academia. Why, yeah. why did you switch from kind of uh, yeah. healing profession to, to what, whatever you call yeah. academia? 
Yeah, this is、uh, another, you know, un- unexpected. I never planned to be an <laughs> art historian. Okay, yeah, yeah. actually, I want to be a nurse ever since I was a teenage. So I enjoy my nursing a lot.、Mm. But then、uh, after ten more ye- more than ten years in nursing, I work in the operating theater. So it's very very stressful. And then、um, it came to a moment that I have two children. Oh yeah. 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 So that's how I, you know, s- seriously, you know, thinking about whether I should quit the job,、mm. because at that time it was very stressful. That's why I switched to a part-time job in Red Cross. Uh huh. But then later I find that I want to be a full-time mummy. Ah.、Uh. But at the same time, I just can't sit at home. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I just say that you、uh. know, to start with, I, I love art. But I know nothing about art,、hmm. so I, I said to myself, why not just taking the chance to go back to the college and study art history? Yeah, yeah. That's how I went to start my first degree in art history in Hong Kong U,、mm. to, to make myself, you know, make sense of what is Western art, what is Chinese art,、mm-hmm. and then, yeah, and then for the MPhil and then for the PhD, and then it just, yeah, the life takes me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so、um, your family was supportive there. Yeah, I, I'm very grateful to my husband and also to the kids. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And、um, so the artwork,、uh, you know, a lot of them, are, the most of them are kids' art, right? In this, uh, uh, you can say that. that you, you yeah. yeah, yeah. I think uh, 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 there is, there are around two hundred and forty by adults, and the rest. The rest,、um, most of them are the children's work, and some are the women's crafts.、Mm. Women's crafts, but women's crafts is a very small amount. But and for the kids' uh, things, uh, some of them are actually by teenage, like up to seventeen.、Uh-huh. And some of the adults' work got you know mixed up there, and some of the adults' work are actually you know done by teens, like seventeen or eighteen.、Oh. Yeah. yeah, and um. What's the? I mean, these. Do you have any idea if these the people who painted these drawings in the camps ended up being、uh, continuing to be artists, or was it? It wasn't. Most of them probably didn't, right? I think most of them are amateur yeah, painter. Yeah, yeah. And、uh, but from some of the works, you definitely can see the traces of art training. And、huh. I believe, although we we didn't, we haven't contact. You know, get in co- touch with the. Artists, okay. So I'm not sure、it's、how many of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to look at. Yeah, but I'm sure some of them really have a good art training background. The、uh, the artwork、um, seems to me、um, is a mixture of、uh, what kind of、um, uh, I guess、uh, what is it oil? Is it watercolor? Is it? I was trying to look at the ones we have here at UCI. Uh, in、yeah. the special collections,、uh, Southeast Asian archive, and we couldn't—I、uh, couldn't tell offhand right away what、yeah. type it was. What do you think most of them are? Is it watercolor? Is it oil? Yeah, I—I think most of them are watercolor because at that time,、uh, I think the condition is,、uh, you know, it's not—it's not that、uh, good. Yeah, so most of the material are just ve- in very very poor quality, and some of the images are actually、uh, painted on scrap paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they could grab, yeah. Yeah, whatever they can grab, and in some of the photos we still have, 
it shows that many paintings were done actually on their bum bag. So you you can on see what? the bum bag. Uh, inside the cam, uh, uh, the cam, yeah, yeah, bum bag, yeah. three story bum bag, and each 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 store. I mean, uh, each bum bag, okay, three feet by six feet, oh, wow. right? It's a unit. Yeah. And in the lower deck, the lowest deck usually uh, would be allocated to a family. So in some of the photos, you actually see a family of four, a uh. couple with two kids, okay, yeah. sitting, eating there. You know, this is the, 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 the space where they, they, they were, you know, living. And uh, we have some photos having the adults or the kids yeah. painting, lying on the bed. Wow. So the condition, I don't think it's so ideal. Uh, of course, yeah. Both, um, you know, uh, uh, the condition-wise and also the material-wise. So, so whatever they can get. This um, community project, uh, Garden Streams, yeah. that uh, helped out with, uh, with supplies and stuff sometimes, right? Yeah. How did, did they train people to art? No, to, no, uh, no. To, to paint too? Now, Gavin Stream is the uh, actually is the uh, is the host of this 800 pieces of images, right? Yeah. And to start with, according to Evelina, she is the director of the Gavin Stream as well, and she told me to start with their goal or their objectives is very simple. They find that they they are targeted at children to start with, uh-huh. because they thought that in the refugee camps, the kids are really poor, you know. They, they find that they just want to bring colors into the camps. So to start with, they actually start with a very small project with the kids. And the purpose is to bring paints, uh-huh. uh, papers, and play with the kids. Yeah. And oh, then okay. she said that to start with, uh, she, they can feel that the adults purposely detach themselves. Oh. Try not to... Interfere. Yeah. Because I think maybe probably because of pride or whatever, you know, these are the kids' stuff, right? And it's nothing to oh. do with us. And then as the project, uh, or as the program went on, then the adults start to, the adults start to, you know, look into it. And actually in the camps, many of them are artists back at home, uh-huh. you know, uh, you know, lawyer, you know, yeah. you know, a lot of professions there. Then they start to give advice, saying oh. this and that. And then the garden stream thing that, you know, actually the adults need some program as well. Yeah. That's why they bid for funding, oh. and they were funded by the United Nations to run a three-year art project oh. Oh. In the, inside the camp. And their strategy is to let the Vietnamese adults to run the whole things. Yeah. What they provide is the material and management and also advice. For example, the adults actually run a series of uh, journal called Freedom Tudo. Mm-hmm. Tudo yeah. yeah, and from recruiting the the writings, poems yeah. to yeah. lay out to whatever is was all all done by the Vietnamese themselves. The, so yeah, that was also part of Garden Stream. Part of yeah, the magazine. Uh, part of Garden Stream's art program as Stop well. Oh, yeah, wow. and see. they. Other than that, they also arrange some of the, you know, performing show. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of, you know, through performance, hope them to, you know, release yeah. their, their anger or tension or whatever. So they did a lot of things in that three years, and among those are the painting class and so where th- the collection... This was 1988 to 91? 1988 to, yeah. 
1991. Yeah. So at that time, were the camps mostly uh, closed camps? Actually, they are. Now, ever since uh, the 82, the policy changed from open camp to to closed camp. And from 1988, June, they start to have what we call the detention camp. That means, uh, mm. yeah, all the boat people, once they arrive, they have to go through a screening process. So they are not refugee by just arriving. Yeah, they need to be screened. Yeah. And that's why we, 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 you know, call the camps called detention camp. That, that's, you know, before you you have to be there waiting for the screening process. You know, and the the paintings I saw here, we have about two hundred at UCI. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I focused on the um, when I was doing my little bit of research into it. The um, I focused on the the barbed wire as this motif. Yes, because this symbol. It's very vivid. <laughs> yeah, of very clear. And people think, oh, it's just a refugee camp, but it's not. It's a prison, and um, and there's literature. You know, there's yeah. outside uh, NGOs. Uh, looked into it and called it a prison, called it yeah. worse than a prison, whatever, you know, prison conditions. Yeah. And did you find among the 800 was, how many had this barbed wire motif? Oh, there's a lot. Um, nah, I'm now looking at uh, the other works. Mm, yeah. So it's more than uh, 200, around more 240 pieces. Yeah. I would say maybe at least uh, 25% of yeah, them. Yeah. You see, and and when you see those bars and wires, they are extremely tall. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, you have for the wire, you always see those fringes, sharp, sharp, yeah, yeah, sharp points yeah, yeah. pointing out. Yeah. It's a very symbolical. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. they show yeah. throw some flower growing outside yeah. the fence. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, it's kind of hope, I guess. It's yeah, and there is um, actually uh, there is a story we collected by uh, ex-refugee youth. Ah. Uh, in my exhibition, in the April exhibition, we actually invite a few uh, ex-refugee youth. Uh, okay. At that time, they were about, you know, in their teens, yeah. and now in their 30s. We, uh, we invite them to collaborate some artwork. Ah. And then one of, the art, one of the, these youth paints sunflowers in a very, very large scale. And then uh, when we ask him why sunflowers, when yeah. the memories, when you, when you remember something miserable, why sunflowers, yeah. right? Because his painting is actually very colorful, very bright, you know, yeah. a sense of hope uh, rather than misery. And then he told us that because of the bars and wires, they seldom, not, not seldom, they actually can't, couldn't, you know, get in touch with the outside world, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they stuff those um, sunflower seed in between, just next to the fence and oh. let it grow. And because sunflower grows tall yeah. and they just, you know, cover some of the scene of the bars and wire. And then they, so he said that when he remembered this scene, oh. seeing sunflower growing always made them so happy, especially for teens from seed to, you know, bulb to yeah. To, to, so and then to a big fire. Yeah. yeah, so that was uh, oh. part of the memories that he had. So it wasn't just imagined, it was actually... No, 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 wow. because so. that project was run by, I mean, the artwork, mm. um, was actually uh, run, um, organized by an ex-art instructor. He is now a music therapist. Oh. 
and he used to work as an art instructor, and he built a tight, close bonding with a group of youths oh, cool. who used to be his students. Oh, yeah. And in this uh, exhibition, uh, our purpose is to reconstruct the social and cultural context for the whole exhibition. That's why we also contact some of the ex-refugees and ask them to... Mm, to do some artwork to reflect or remember. Yeah. And, and what this uh, um, therapist did is, I think is something very terrific. He called a collaborative work. Uh -huh. And he told me that uh, they run a three workshop. To start with, they sit together, just some you know, chatting and talking about the olden days yeah. to start to sparkle the memories. And then after, you know, some sharing and they feel like doing things, and then they put the canvas in front of them, oh. and then whoever wants to paint the first brush, just oh, yeah. do it, okay? Oh. And then the, the others follow, mm. and then they did this kind of painting for four paintings. It's called a collaborative work. And when the whole team, actually it's seven of them, when they all find uh, they have nothing to paint, then that painting is finished, okay? And then seven of them can visualize what they have, you know. Yeah, collectively. And another thing is very touching is another piece of artwork. It's called a, it's a camping tent. Physically, it's a yeah. real camping tent. And according to the therapist, he told me that this is exactly the camp, the tent that they use 20 years ago. Oh. Because um, under the approval of the, of, uh, of the department, he sometimes took his students outside the detention camp to do camping. Oh, yeah. And this is the best memories of the whole group wow. ever had. Oh. And tent, this camping tent is very symbolical in terms of, you know, camp, yeah. detention camp, and outside camping camp, right? <laughs> and also one inside and outside and oh. the outside world and also the freedom. So in that uh, collaborative, you know, workshop, three workshops, they share a lot and they talk about the camping. And this therapist said that he still hold, holds the tent. So he got it out oh, nice. and the whole team painted. It's oh, nice. very colorful. And uh, in the uh, exhibition venue, they set up a kind of installation wow. with a tent sitting in the center uh -huh. we have an open space there uh -huh. so it was put yeah. in the open space and uh, at the four corner are the four painting done by the whole groups mm -hmm. and on the floor they purposely uh, brought some bamboo stick wow. bamboo stick on the floor and this is the open ceremony for our exhibition and all the guests uh, are invited to pick up a bamboo stick mm -hmm. to write something either in Chinese, English, Vietnamese, mm. whatever you want to write, some blessing or some memories or whatever. And then after writing, after you've written it, then they put it down on the floor. Yeah. And then this is the whole installation artwork. I think that, that, that project is yeah, yeah, it's terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of sharing there. Did they, you know, among the youth who painted, did, I've looked at the adult paintings and they, you know, they, there's a huge number of political paintings, yeah. right? ideological yeah. and anti stuff. And uh, did the youth also paint that type of painting or not? 
Uh, like you mean, uh, you mean in the uh, garden, garden streams yeah. collection, yeah. right? Uh, for the youth, I think uh, share some of the ideology and some of the thoughts. But it, actually, for those uh, few hundreds painting, many of them are really done by kids. Yeah. Kids, I mean, really primary school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And for those uh, five years old and up, right? Five years old up. And according to Garden Streams, um, you know, document, mm. they actually uh, run run some kind of um, arts lessons for the kids. So some of them they are under the theme. For example, oh, because the Garden Stream uh, is uh, organ uh, is found uh, founded by. Um, a group of Christians, Christians yeah. 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 So they have the what we call the Bible story. Yeah. There's so some Catholic stuff I saw, and even uh, I mean cross and stuff. I yeah. They 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 use the story in the Bible. Oh. Yeah. For example, light. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and seed, and then uh, uh, according to those, we still have some of the documents recording yeah. how you know the curriculum or how 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 this uh-huh. how the class is yeah. structured, and for example that. That classes, the theme is about light and hope. And they talk about a story in the Bible and then share with the kids and then ask them to draw. Oh, I see. So, yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of those. And another another, uh, theme that I have read um, is talking about, because I saw a lot of paintings with hands print, those kids' hands, you know, colored your hands with colors and then put your hands onto the paper. Mm. And I, I just wonder why there are so many these. And then uh, uh, one of the ex-art instructor told me that because in refugee camps, sometimes, or, um, it's not sometimes, it's, it's quite common that stu- children might got sexually harassment. And that class actually was teaching the kids to say no. No, 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 no. Oh, so the hand is saying. So the, the it. yeah, oh. the hand is symbolically ask them to dare to say no. Oh, I see. Oh. That's why. That's why. The, yeah. You know, I think. Otherwise, uh, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, why. I just wonder how come so many images of. I thought it was uh, out of fun, you know, because yeah. kids like you know making prints or yeah. making lousy, you know, messy things. But then they said that no, that behind there is a. So I think uh, the whole Garden Stream, the, the, the three year project, that project is called Art in the Camp, mm. a very thoughtful, yeah. thoughtfully structured. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we're talking with Sophia Law, who's a professor in visual studies from Lingnan University at, uh, in Hong Kong. And she's here in Orange County this week. Uh, she'll be giving a talk on Wednesday at UC yeah. Irvine Langston Library at noon, uh, room 570. Um, on uh, trauma and art yeah, in yeah, the camps, yeah. in the Hong Kong detention camps. And then on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, she'll be in the community in Little Saigon at the Anoi Viet uh, community room, which is on Moran Street. Uh, it's a dead-end street, so you drive up, drive to the end. And uh, that talk is about the history of uh, yes. Hong Kong's yeah. reaction to the boat people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe you can uh, talk about that. Uh, the Hong Kong reaction initially was very receptive, right? Yes, actually uh, very sympathetic. When, with the fall of Saigon, yeah. Um, why why did it change, or why why was it uh, positive at the beginning? I think um, actually for Hong Kong citizen, for Hong Kong people, okay, uh, they many of them were refugees themselves to start with. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why to, uh, when when we received the first wave, which actually uh, is start in May. The fall of Saigon is end of April, right? Yes. Yeah, in the on uh, on the fourth of May, seventy uh, five. We receive our first lot of boat people, which is over three thousand seven hundred something. It's some ship, right? There. Yeah, yeah, the a Danish cargo yeah. ship. Yeah. yeah, rescue this group of boat people uh, somewhere in, yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. South China. Yeah, and then they they brought them uh, to Hong Kong, and to start with, uh, uh, you know, um, my research focus on reading or reviewing the newspaper, the local newspaper, to see how how you know. And then the many pictures or many photos or features talking about the first wave are very sympathetic, and also you can see the photos are very very individuals. In my talk, I will show you some of the photos. You know, for example, you see actually a Vietnamese girl standing there, smiling to you and telling you that she she was an ex law student back in Vietnam. Wow. And now uh, she's here in Hong Kong. Of course, she is hoping to be resettled in the West. Uh, but she said that she welcomed any friends in Hong Kong. You know, another photo showed a family of five sitting on the grass, sort of you know, like relaxing picnic or whatever. And then they they would tell you something about their background. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very individualistic and also um, with features. You know them. They are people. They are person. They are, you know, a law students. They are a father. They are, you know, and also. They look traumatized. At that, at that time, time, at that time, I don't. I think uh, for the first wave, they are. They would be relieved, you know, to be rescued. Mm. And actually, for the first wave, many of them got resettled soon. Yeah. So. How many of those were Chinese Vietnamese? I think to uh, for the first wave, I think the the the, the percentage are really nearly, you know. 80, 90, most of them, mm. I would say, were the first wave, okay, were, you know, the uh, ethnic Chinese. Yeah, yeah, I've done some research on uh, a lot of uh, people were, were uh, eventually sent to different uh, Air Force bases or military bases in the U.S., and the closest one to uh, Little Saigon was uh, Camp Pendleton. Uh-huh. And um, uh, I recently went to a, uh, last year actually I went to a, um, a commemoration of a Chinese community group Chinese Benevolent Association, and they celebrated 140th anniversary, and yep. they had pictures in their book of uh, refugees in the camps, and yep. they said they were all Chinese. Yeah. In '75, they went to uh, Camp Pendleton, which is right next to us here, and yep. uh, brought blankets, brought yeah, uh, you know, some materials to help them out. And I did some research, and I realized also that the U.S. government asked for. Uh, asked the consulate in Hong Kong uh, if the, anybody had Chinese dictionaries. Mm-hmm. So they didn't ask for Vietnamese dictionaries; they asked for Chinese dictionaries. Yeah, And, I think uh, yeah. So yeah. Th- at that time, I think the initial was yeah, a lot the, of Chinese yeah. Vietnamese. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's for sure. And uh, back to the reaction of the Hong Kong people. To start with, yeah, they actually, you know, according to the newspapers' report,、uh, local people sent candies, clothes, you know, all the materials to the refugee camps,、wow. volunteer, voluntary, okay. And also, there are the、uh, there were some voices to ask the at that time the Taitung Tele- Telegraph Company to set up a station next to the refugee camps so that the refugee camps can contact. 
the relatives back in. Or send cables and yeah, send yeah. cables, and also they, uh, there were voices urging government or Red Cross, those NGO, to set up some sort of you know center for these Vietnamese refugees uh, to find their relatives in Hong Kong. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of you know idea uh, of thoughts of helping them to yeah. start with. Mm. Yeah. So did how many years did that last? This kind of openness. Because ah uh, now you. According to the statistics, the second wave in 78, you know, 78 and 79, we have uh, thousands and thousands, usually in a month. Yeah, yeah. And that was, uh, you know, a turning point, I would say, for the local people to re- look at the, you know, because... Uh, Uh, actually, uh, as as early as in the 76, there was uh, some commentary saying that if we don't have a proper refugee policy, we might not be able to handle what might be coming. Okay, so in the 78, these you know, uh, thoughts was reiterated, re- re- mm-hmm. and also another things uh, in my research, I find that in the seven uh, at the end of the 70s, another problem Hong Kong government or Hong Kong people was facing is the illegal immigrant from China. So these are the Chinese, actually, you know, um, coming over across the border illegally, and uh, because. To stop this kind of illegal immigrant, Hong Kong law said that whoever got arrested, all mainland illegal immigrant will be deported right away. But for the Vietnamese boat people, no, right? Mm. They will be hosted in, at that time, open camps. But at, before that, they had this touch base policy, right? So if you were from China and you were able to get to yeah. the center of town. Yes. Uh, yes. Area, then that, you were able to stay. Yeah. That. That exactly. Thank you for helping me out. Yeah. yeah exactly. Before that, you know, yeah. so many of them got ways to stay behind. Right. I remember. Yeah. I yeah. was living there then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the. Uh, so at the end no, of I, the seventies. I don't know if I was living yeah. there, but I I remember in the sixties. Uh, I mean, even yeah. earlier. Yeah. But. Uh, but you know, didn't wasn't some of the people from China? I know the government called them illegals, but the. Some of them actually were being were Chinese Vietnamese who went over to China first and then tried to come to Hong Kong. But the dilemma, of course, is if they do that route, uh, they're not considered refugees. No, because uh, Hong Kong was the uh, first place of first asylum. Yeah, and so they had already gone to China. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So uh, so they no yeah. more refugees. Because I've been looking at film about Vietnamese in Hong Kong, and there's um, there's one film called. Uh, It's by Anne Hui. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, called Below. No, uh, no, not that one. It's an uh, earlier one uh, oh, where okay. he, he did for Radio TV Hong Kong oh, about oh, the okay. boy yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 from Vietnam, I guess. Yeah. That's alternative title. Uh, one uh, on the DVD, it says the boy, and then it's also from Vietnam. That's yeah. another title, and it's about this kid who who uh, who comes from Vietnam, but then his it turns out that the The artist he hangs out with, he hands out with the artist uh-huh. who does reproductions. You know, yeah. <laughs> he copies paintings and sells them. Yeah. But it turns out that he had come from China, so uh-huh. he didn't qualify. He, he went to the immigration office thinking that he could mm. uh, get the paperwork and mm. then go to America uh, as a refugee. But they mm. didn't, they said, "Oh, no way! Mm. You, you didn't come through 
you know, come directly, directly yeah. from a boat or something. You came through China, so you don't qualify. Yeah, yeah. So he, he was thwarted in his uh, attempt to get some official paperwork. Yeah. So it's, it was actually made into a movie, and that was kind of a semi-documentary. Yeah. You know, and Hui was working for uh, local television and trying to do social issue type yes, uh, yes. films. Um, and so I, I was struck by the fact, actually it's, it's, I mean, it's relevant to today too. I mean, in America, there's all this issue of who's illegal, who's, who's legal. And it actually applies. You could watch that film and, and feel that. Uh, it's kind of timeless, actually, mm-hmm. uh-huh. this, uh, this whole thing about yeah. how the state dictates who's legal. Yeah. And who isn't. And, uh, and then people are stuck in a limbo land. Yeah. 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 But um, so in you saying that in by the eight is it by the eighties? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the eighties, uh, we can see from the newspaper, you know, the title, the news headlines. Oh yeah. Then you can feel that you know, shift. some something yeah some shift, and um, and another peak uh, period uh, falls on eight eighty eight and eighty nine. Yeah, at that time we have over the annual arrival is sixteen, six six sixty uh, uh, thousands. So it was quite alarming, and that was uh, the the time when the government decided to have the detention camp, mm-hmm. so called a screening process. And of course, the screening process uh, will in sparkle a great anxiety and frustrations. For those, uh, you know, arriving. And most people by a lot that time didn't get up. Uh, they uh, weren't given permission to, to be recognized as a refugee. Yeah. So After you know. the screening process, according to some statistics, they said that, you know, before uh, the percentage of getting, you know, qualified is much, much larger and then at, uh, after the, uh, the, the screening process, one, one article actually said that the government believe only 10% of them, the whole lot, the whole lot of both people were actually refugees. So meaning that 90 of them, 90% of them were not. But that's ridiculous, right? There's such a shift There's from a before. scam kind of thing. I mean, they made you go through this procedure hoping that you would... This is because I think the reception or of the the, 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 the from countries. other yeah, yeah yeah actually they they were not going to accept them. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So and, they uh, just got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So the, so in terms of your your analysis of pain and he and then healing, I mean, how do you get hope if if you know you're not going to? I mean, if the percentage is so low of success. Mm. I mean what what is there to hope for? Actually now in the images um there are quite a lot of images you can feel there is that's definitely no hope. Hopeless. Mm. Yeah. There's a quite a quite a lot of painting, the expression is hopeless. Mm. And uh and uh, that's in my talk in the campus talk I will show you some of the you know the images you you can feel you know the the kind of uh, depressions and desperations and frustration and agitations a lot of those things but on the other hand i do find some painting with the same subject uh for example frustration waiting for example 
a, a very uh, good comparison is waiting because in camping one of the worst things is when every day is Sunday is a curse okay so in the camps there is nothing you can do but waiting waiting to get your breakfast to get your lunch to get your dinner to get a sunset and then to wake up next morning you have no role or jobs you have no identity you know you 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 don't have any productive things doing right that cause psychologically you know a lot of uh, is is devastating to psychology to to psychological development so people really got frustrated and uh, in some of the painting i will show in my talks you know talking about waiting one painting is called the big cage and from the colors or from the composition the first instant feeling you will have is death because the tone is gray liveliness okay and the gesture of the figure inside the painting are all very static and the expressions are all you know sad and but on the other hand we have another painting called two men waiting is a two uh, is a pair uh, images another is called two women waiting uh, so the subject is still the subject is still waiting mm. but this two painting are very uh col- colorful but in a harmonious tone so the whole feeling is totally different from the previous one i mentioned the big cage so to me i would say that this artist goes through a process of creativity that help him to get to something not you know promising but at least comforting i looked at some of the literature and it looks like there was some um romance going on um even people between different uh, sections of the camp they would try to meet at the fence and yeah. they would write about write a poem about that and yeah. so the i mean people i mean human a nature, nature yeah kinda, you seek <laughs> seeks itself out i guess and and comes through even with this bleak kind of barbed wire kind of motif uh so people try to transcend it yeah yeah and actually in my research uh, uh we review a lot of those scholars studies about the camps at that time a lot of yeah. reports yeah, yeah. and one scholar uh said that which definitely is true is called the you know the uh, the trust is very fragile in the camp. Mm. We are talking about a social relationship. Mm-hmm. Everybody is is on guard of the other one yeah. and many most of them try to be low key, not under the spotlight to cause trouble, to be identified and then to have a bad uh, uh record and so that you can't get resettled or whatever. That's why trust is very fragile in the camp. But on the other hand, another scholar find that exactly as you said some kind of bonding yeah or trust has been built sure yeah, yeah. even you know you are not a brother and sister not in the same family mm-hmm. and uh, we do have some uh, poems or some writings uh, uh, through the context you know that this is a poem writing to not 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 exactly boy and girl you can sometimes uh, i i read one is girl to girl but mm-hmm. they become very very close friends because sure. they are the same age Mm-hmm. come from the same background both of them are unattended they have no parents they came mm-hmm. alone sure. that's why they yeah. share mm-hmm. and that was uh, the poem where mm-hmm. the other girl did not appear one day so 
the the, the the one who was writing the poem uh, was very worried. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. the, the, they know what happened. Sure. Yeah, so these kind of things, yeah, yeah, happen. And do you think? I mean, um, do you think? Um, why is the attention of the world kind of? They don't care anymore. Obviously, I mean, it's like thirty years ago. So <laughs> why twenty thirty years ago? So why? Um, is it a struggle for you to 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 talk about it? Do people say why are you working on this? Uh, no, I think um, nah. Actually, when I started my research um, in an international conference, I met a group of uh, scholar who was working on the economics and politics of Vietnam, and one of the professor from UBC, he mm. actually told me that he said that this is not a good time because of, in terms of Vietnam, okay, the government is enjoying or be proud of the economic growth. Yes. And he told me that uh, he, he often goes to Vietnam for his research and he told me that you can still feel the differences between North Vietnam and South Vietnam. He said that nowadays in Southern Vietnam, everything is prosperous, okay, and people seem to be living good, doing good, and those people won't be happy to talk about the pain. So no one cares about those, those history. Those are history, okay? So let it go, okay? But in the North, he said that you can still feel some kind of sense of mourning there because from, from place to place, you see, you can feel some kind or see some kind of, you know, those memorial statues even in a very shuttle way, in a small way. So to him, he said that the atmosphere between the north and south nowadays is are very different. But he said that uh, it's not a good timing because in the south, they are enjoying the prosperity. Okay, no one wants to look back. And in the north, it's too painful. But it also could be the uh, in the south, uh, I mean, other scholars have looked at this and uh, suggest that the, uh, there's, there's no public memorials to the, um, to the people who who yeah. died in the south uh, because it's uh, you know a lost uh, regime mm -hmm. i mean they lost the war and yeah. so uh, the victors the people that won uh, don't want to memorialize the people that lost and so um so that's that's also i think the reason yeah, you don't see it. any memorials down there for the south vietnamese uh-huh uh, i mean the okay. the state runs uh, memorials of for the north the, the uh, that professor refer is not you know official memorial things. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, he say just on the street, from here to there. Sometimes you you see something, mm. and those something is meant to be you know remember something. Oh, I see. And he oh. said that when you talk with people, you can still feel that kind of you know pain or sadness or things like mm. that. But in the south, uh, usually most are you know enjoying or looking forward what I would say, okay? And in Hong Kong, I would say, now because actually I go, I went through the whole history. And then when I start uh, with my project here, I, I, I have a question for myself. I said that at that time, I should be aware, I, I knew about Vietnamese boat people, of course, right? Yeah. On the newspaper every day. But it seems to me that I'm quite indifferent to, to that history. Somehow, it, I don't have very clear or vivid you know, thoughts or my own view at that time, strong view. It's just a, a page, a page, a very vague page. Then I started to look at why. Then I find that the 
the crisis, the hardest time for the issues of Vietnamese boat people in Hong Kong is in the eighty nine. We have the June fourth, and so my generation, I would say that most of us are border or preoccupied with our own problems. And also at that time we have、uh, you know doubtful you know future because、uh, yeah Hong Kong is going to yeah yeah, yeah、uh, many of、uh, my generation at that time I would imagine yes yeah we're fully occupied with our own problem、mm-hmm. so we don't have extra you know energy or whatever to pay attention and only the 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 the, the message we got from the from the mass media is they are the problems right. Right, or the riots, or yeah, <laughs> violence. Yeah, the, yeah, it's the same now. If you look at, actually, I've been looking at Chinese papers about、uh, coverage of Vietnamese,、uh, Chinese,、uh, or Vietnamese even.、Uh, in the Chinese paper, it's、mm-hmm. it's always about crime. Yeah, it's yeah. always always yeah. always negative. I mean, it's, yeah, it's almost <laughs> never about anything positive. No, yeah. But maybe that's true with mainstream media too. You know, and、uh, because there's always. There's always crime, and then they mention the ethnicity also. Yeah. So,、uh, and in my research,、uh, we find that you know part of the reason、um, was because of the restriction of the Hong Kong government at that time, the release of news, and also at that time most of the detention camps were in islands or remote area. And they are all cover a very restricted area.、Yeah. You have to get permit. You can go in. Yeah, that's、out. why the journalists usually could only shoot the images from very far away or high above.、Mm. And that's why there is a theory because、uh, in my research we are talking about you know from individual to mass. Because to start with, as I mentioned in the beginning of the, of this show,、yeah. we said that you know the news media in the report, you can see this、right. is a person,、They、right? Focus on the individual. Yeah, but after eighties, we don't see person. Okay,、yeah. we don't see faces. We see mass. We see a crowd of people, a group, the others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is、um, demonized. Yeah,、group. yeah. So I think,、um, yeah, a lot of reasons. Yeah, do you, um. So I mean, people were thinking. They're so they're more worried about the return to China, and what what that the implications for Hong Kong people, and、uh, but why did people? I know people did、uh, get repatriated, ex expatriated,、yeah. uh, to back to to Vietnam, but then some of them actually came back to to Hong Kong. So why why did they come back to Hong Kong? You know, you haven't、uh, done. Have you talked、uh, to people who come back? Yeah. Nah. Uh, I have、uh, contact a couple. Yeah. He come back is because his girlfriend, at that time is was girlfriend now is、uh, his wife.、Oh. They met in refugee camps. I see. And then he gone back to he went back to Vietnam, and they still keep in touch. And after years of you know communications through letters, he finally decided to come to Hong Kong, and they got married. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a romance thing. Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, we are glad. Yeah, they are happy and they are. Yeah, and、uh, as far as I know, he is now you know traveling two countries time to time because his、yeah. family was is is now、uh, is still in Vietnam. Yeah, so he's yeah just fine. What, what, what do you think about the reception today?、Uh, uh, I mean, or do do Chinese、uh, in Hong Kong do they think of Vietnamese as 
as the other, or do they think of them as? I mean, what's the? What do you think? Ah, yeah. This is why I need to review the whole history. I would say that、uh, you know because Hong Kong people actually have very very little knowledge about Vietnam and Vietnamese. Right before or after the the whole history, okay. We even in our secondary history, but we 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 don't study Vietnam, right? We we study Chinese history or Western history, but not Vietnam in particular. So all we know about Vietnam is Vietnamese-speaking people, and then at the end, most of those so-called knowledge are negatives. So I would say that even up to date. Uh, there is still a lot of people when they, whenever they th- think about Vietnam, are those images on the TV? You know, the riots and things. I can tell you, share with you one of the experiences is、uh, when I、uh, home when I held my exhibition of the Vietnamese boat people. Actually, I was advised by some parties, okay, that、uh, it may be too sensitive, and asked me to pin down the. Uh, the political issue or the social issue, but to start with, of course, my purpose is really from、uh, art issues because to tone, to tone it down, you mean to tone it down、yeah. because uh, yeah. nah, the exhibition, uh, nah, the perp the the objectives of my purpose to start with is really art as expressions right, right. because I haven't done anything yet about the research, right? So. My focus is really to show the images because those images were at that time were go were leaving Hong Kong soon. So I try to get hold of the time and to let the local people to have a chance to look at some of the collection before they left Hong Kong forever. Because I think these artwork belongs to part of Hong Kong too. It's part of Hong Kong history. That's why I organize the exhibition, and then I leave the rest for. The public to judge, but then some people advise me because they said that、um, one one way of、uh, you know、uh, one friend actually said that you know imagine if you were a Vietnamese, you've been settled in Hong Kong, integrated into、okay. the society, right? And for twenty years, no one ever touched this page of history,、oh. and most of the Hong Kong people have forgotten totally. They were not aware that we might have. Some Vietnamese. Oh, so you are Vietnamese, okay? So this is not. So、um, while everybody forgot the whole page of history, suddenly you turn the page up again. Yeah, stirring up it up again. Yeah, stirring up again. And he said that for most Hong Kong people, without further understanding, their images were all those on the TVs, the riots. So he's told me that this is not fair for those. Vietnamese now living in Hong Kong, and as far as he knows, because he knew he knows a lot of Vietnamese、mm. friends,、yeah. and he said that a lot of them still feel prejudice. Sure. Yeah, that's why many of them would not disclose themselves. Yeah, they are Vietnamese because、uh, you know apparently you, you you can't tell whether you are Vietnamese or Chinese, and if they grow you know for ten years, twenty years, they speak. Fluent Cantonese, and they they actually are kind. Now,、uh, go back to the that couple. They got married in Hong Kong. Actually, when I interviewed them, I asked them what sort of identity you you feel is. They love Hong Kong, 
And they said that if you now you ask me, I will say that I'm a Hong Kong people. I'm a Hong Kong local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That and if these you, were not uh, these were not ethnic Chinese Vietnamese. I'm not sure. <laughs> at least part of I would say that you know uh, because uh-huh. uh, for for I think for the uh, if I remember correctly, okay, for the girl she did tell me that half. Father or mother, it oh, definitely is Chinese because uh-huh. we are talking about food, you know, yeah. how we eat, and then they, they said, "Oh, part of you know, yeah. I'm actually you know part of Chinese." Yeah, yeah. yeah so there is no problem for her integrating into Hong Kong society, yeah. and she find Hong Kong is a very open, you know, many opportunities. So, so she enjoy. Mm. That's why she does not choose to go back to Vietnam because I asked her why why he comes over to Hong Kong. Why oh, not yeah. you go back to oh, yeah, yeah. Vietnam, right? She didn't want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, so did did the government, uh, the Vietnam uh, uh, consulate there, did they get upset? Yeah, I think uh, they are a little bit um, sensitive, and they actually uh, call me, and we discuss, and I explain that why I choose this time to hold the exhibition because the exhibition is leaving. So I have to, I have to do it now, or otherwise I I I would never do it again. So this was two thousand eight. Two thousand eight, and I explained to them uh, that I understand totally their concern, and I respect that because I know the subjects I'm touching is very very sensitive, and this is definitely not my will to provoke any pain or yeah. any any adverse you know emotion for anybody for any reasons. And I told, I explained to them that for me, this image, these images are really treasurable for me to 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 study. They express because all of these were were done for purely inner expressions. To start with, these images are all created for self expressions. They uh, they did not expect it to be exhibited, to be shared, or whatever. So it's really the inner voices, a self dialogue. Mm-hmm. So to me, these are great resources to understand how art can be a powerful language for something very difficult to be articulated in words. This is my purpose, and this is the theme of that exhibition. Did anybody um, whose painting was on the in the exhibit come up to you and say, "Oh, that's my painting"? No. <laughs> 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 but uh, uh, we do have uh, uh, an audience came in with two a uh, kiss of mm. her own, and because in the exhibition, as I said, uh, we invite uh, the uh, persons who've been involved in that project. One of the artists is Eve- Evelina. Actually, she did an installation, and she, her installation was made of hundreds of hundreds of photos. Of Garden Stream at that time, yeah, and that lady actually told us that I recognize this lady. She was in my camp, and she start telling oh. her, yeah, her children about these things. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we're coming up to the end of our time. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thank, thank you. Uh, <laughs>